Hello, we're back to the Mr. Arsenal podcast, and for your second segment, um, sorry, no noise, it's the second segment of our Mine and Andrew's collaborations, so that's Q&A stream that we're doing each week, every Sunday. This week, as you can tell, I'm the one hosting, I've taken charge this week, um, and yeah. Yay! Uh, yay! <laughs> 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 oh dear. so guys, as I say, as it, before we get into it, obviously, this is what this is a show where you're going to be able to be interactive as you want. Without, we need you to make the show literally <laughs> to get your questions in. They don't have to be as Andrew and me have been saying. The questions don't have to be about Arsenal or football. It would be about absolutely anything within reason. Obviously, this is a family show still. <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, yeah, just get them in, in the chat. Do share the stream as well if you, if you can, or on all platforms, Twitter. So, Twitter. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, or wherever. Just share the live, share the live, share the live out of it. Sorry, and yeah, as, as, obviously, yeah. Andrew's joining me. How you doing, Andrew? How's your week been? Yeah, not too shabby, mate. Not too shabby. Uh, not a huge amount to discuss, really. It's been fairly quiet, but uh, yeah, all good. Yesterday. So it was so quiet yesterday. There's something about number. I don't know what, but can you, the people in the chat might update us on that one later. God's sake! Don't get me started. Actually, had questions about that actually as well, and not in terms of a negative sense, but as in, yeah. You know, but if you, the first question we'll get onto actually is when we, the one we carried over from last week from Endo was our all-time Arsenal eleven. From as in, we can only pick players that didn't work, that weren't in the title-winning team of 2004. So from 2004 onwards, players, but we can't pick anyone mm. that was in that 0304 season. We do it as a collective as well, so it takes saves a bit more time. But yeah, yeah. Goalkeeper, uh, God, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, kind of think really recent for the goalkeeper. I mean, it's early days for Ramsdale because obviously he's only had uh, the one season, so. Probably, I mean, it sounds mental, but probably have to go Leno. Who else <laughs> has there been uh, since, had, since then? Well, since then, we've had obviously Emmanuel, we've had Almunia, we've exactly. Fabianski, Chesney, Ospina. Oh, yeah, Chesney, I suppose. Chesney, I suppose. Yeah, I forgot about him. him. Um, yeah, uh, Ospina, and then we had Petr Cech for two years of his retirement. Yeah, we didn't then, get the best of him. And then we've had Bert. The last couple of years, probably, actually, I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably go Chesney because, well, he was he's obviously a very, very good goalkeeper, but he's obviously a, a true gooner as well. Right back, probably Bakary Sanya, yeah, actually, you know what, yeah, could again tell me Ashley's early days still, yeah, he never worked out, but no one has ever a right back, he's a more of a winger than a right back. So, yeah, I agree. With left back. This is, tough. this is a pretty tough one, actually. <laughs> left back. Well, do you know what? I, I know it sounds really weird, but on top form, forgetting all the injury issues and everything, on yeah. top form, I'd say Tierney. Yeah, he's the only one that comes close, really, because all the others are dog shite. Yeah, exactly. Like Santos, for example. Uh, Centre-backs, I mean, I'm loving the current partnership. I really am. Mm. Um, but you can't really discount... Uh, Murtasaka and Koscielny yeah. as well. Um, Marlon. So, from Ireland, I loved to, I loved Marlon when he was in his pomp as well. Yeah. 
Took, took really, the really arm, liked him. Yeah, took the mm. armband after Van Persie. Up to that point, he was arguably one of our best centre-backs, consistent-wise. He was, he was always injury-free, never an issue. Got the armband as a curse, got him fucking injured. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's a tough one. I, I, mean, I say Mertesacker because, obviously, depending on what, form, what formation you pick, because, obviously, if he's, even though he ain't the fastest defender, yeah, out of a partnership, he could stay back and read the game, and he showed that in one of his last, one of his near last games was against uh, Chelsea in the cup final. We played that five at the back. He played, he stayed in the middle, and allowed Rob Holding. And who else was that? I'm sorry, I can't remember who else it was now because no, because Shelley was suspended. But basically, he stayed Nacho, in the middle. But he, Nacho yeah, sort of Nacho sort of joined in. Might be Nacho, so that, but, yeah. But basically, he stayed in that middle of the three partnership there, and literally just. just Read the game. He showed how good he can read the game in that moment. Yeah, yeah. So I say for him for that side of being for his football intelligence and that, and that he could. Well, he did lead by example. So I remember the Mesut Özil going out to Mesut Özil after the Man City six three thumping away from home, and literally bollocking on the pitch. I like, get your get our side set away fans. Yeah, and actually applaud, uh, thank them for making the effort. God's sake. Exactly. So I mean, to be fair. Because of the longevity and the, and the sort of um, what he gave to the club, you'd I'd probably go for Koscielny alongside him. But ask me in a couple of years, then it could be a very different story. We could be talking about um, Ben White and Gabrielle as probably our best partnership. Um, but yeah, still a bit early days. So midfield, I would go um, Sesk. He wasn't in that that team. Really, at that oh, point, he, he came in the year later, didn't he? For the 0405 season, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, um, and I have to say, again, similar thing with Kieran Tierney on top form and injury free. Partey's probably been the best we've had since, mm, yeah. You can't screw that. So I'd go for them two in the middle. Um, what are we doing? A four-four-two or four-three-three? Three? Uh, don't mind. Um, let's do traditional four-four-two. Go on. Um, well, depends on who we want to. Yeah, yeah, depends on who we want to pick. Let's do. Um, I think it'd be easier with a four-three-three three because yeah. you've got players like. Rositsky, yeah, uh, Kleb, um and players like that. So, Jack. Yeah, Jack. Ramsey as well. Yeah, yeah. So probably in front of, we've got Partey, Sesk, and I know it's not going to be, and I know this is like probably, probably maybe a weak midfield and everything, but I, Again, you've got to talk about players that are in their pomp that you love watching that were when they were at their best, right? So I'd probably go for Jack at his best. You know, like the way he bossed Barcelona that day. He's something else, wasn't he? Now, yeah. it's, it's purely <laughs> down to personal choice. It's not saying these are def- definitively the best. This was the, the question was, what are your favourites? What would yeah. be yours? So that would probably be... Mine and you, you know, and we haven't got time to sit here and go literally remember every single player. And you might be missing players out, but uh, hey, anyway, that's just that's, that's the way I go. 
Then after that, up front, I go for Van Persie. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Alexis. Uh, Alexis, yes, hundred percent. And one more. Mm-hmm. Three of them. Probably three. I was just about to say, <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. Fia on the right. Yeah. It's called a Hong Kong It's our 15th, 2015th highest goal score of our club's history as well. Well, that's an interesting one, actually. That's big something game, I was... Turned up for the big games as well. That's something I was going to... I've been thinking about. I think it was yesterday. I heard some, you know, one of these Didn't stupid you? comments about Eddie yeah, on, online. I think it's that number they wear. I don't know what, but yeah. <laughs> well, they, they, someone was talking about this Eddie situation and saying, you know, blah, yeah, I can only go to it. But if you consider Theo, I think everyone would have to, everyone had their issues with Theo, but I think everyone could consider Theo was a very big success at Arsenal with the amount of goals he scored, right? Hmm. Uh, but 100 goals for Arsenal. How, you know, maybe a bit, obviously a few more. But when you consider Eddie's age and, you know, the amount of sort of minutes he's played so far, he's got about a quarter, he's getting on for a quarter of the amount of goals that Theo scored already for Arsenal. I think he's got 27 goals for Arsenal. Yeah. So, so he's not doing badly considering he's only, what, 22, 23 years old. So give the kid. A, all I'm saying is give the kid a chance. So anyway, that's a completely different story. But yeah, I think that's a good, good one to eleven. Post the Invincibles. Yeah, yeah, can't argue with that. You get goals in it as well. Good, solid defence. I mean, I know the midfield, mate. But when you consider the midfield we play now, it's you know when you've yeah, got Partey at the base, and then you've got the two attackers either side sort of on the front, left and right eight positions. I think they're. I think both of those could do that. Seskin and Wilshire very, very well indeed. Yeah, um, I thought there was a, there's a comment. One of the questions we got last night from Steve F, who could be watching that, watching this happen a bit. Um, do you? His first one was: Do you think that with the signings of Fabio Vieira, not Patrick, Jesus Martinez, is enough for us to compete for top four? What more do we need? Uh, we need. I mean, there'd be a massive help, and they're not going to make us weaker. But I think we still need more than that. I think we still need five players coming in, and I don't count um, the re-signing. So, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't count Marquinhos in that. In that, or no. the goalkeeper. I'm talking about outfield players. Yeah, but they are a massive step in the right direction for what we need. So, I would still say we'd need Tielemans on top of that yeah. as one, maybe one more. And yeah. that one more could be another wide player, ideally, or another forward, another centre forward. That's what I think. And then you've got the, then you've got the Marquinhoses and other, maybe one or two other younger players or whatever that bring in to add further depth. Mm. And sort of... In terms of it's Marquinhos and as I say, the youngsters, we've mentioned this about the house, we must need an end of the season. That, if we were to fall into fifth, like we did, Europa League is perfect group stage wise to just Thursday night throw out our B team. And that includes some of the kids like Charlie Patino, Hutchinson, mm. Aziz, 
this this new guy we've just got in, like, uh, Marquinhos, obviously Turner being goal, it gives them a chance to sort of bed in that there's no pressure of them having to do um, what we've done with Guendouzi and just run into the team straight away. They can sort mm. of ease themselves in, get used to the culture, used to the way that, that we want them to play, the intensity, and hopefully the uh, following season they'll be ready. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's the case, personally. I, I, mean, I still think we're going to get... I mean, I know there's a bit of debate yesterday online about uh, Tiedemans, but I'm still very confident we're going to get him, personally. Well, Fabrizio's basically saying he's not done it, as in it's, got, it's still... Unlike what other people are saying, we are still interested. Sky talking a lot of crap, basically, in terms of us calling our interest. It's literally just sorting things out between us and Leicester in terms mm. of a fee and all that, obviously. And, how, and then the instalments of how it's going to be, the fee will be paid and this and the other. So hold, it, hold your hats down on that and see what happens there. But again, it's only the start of the window. Everyone's, this is what I don't, again, the Vieira thing, like I think you said and a few others, it took us, it took us by surprise. No one reported on it. No, no. one. And it's, just, it's, good, it's good to see that side of things, that we are able to keep them sort of things in-house till like, literally it's done. Mm. Others are, so, other ones like Tiedemann and all that, and Zayas, we've known for a while, but obviously because of the profile and where they're coming from, etc., and going to, it's hard to sort of keep your hat, keep, it, keep it in the hat, basically. Yeah. So, here's what, here's what they say. As I say, it's a start of the bloody window. Relax. Everyone's fucking, everyone's having a meltdown thinking it's bloody near deadline day. We've got nothing exactly. done and things like that. Just shows you that people are screaming and shouting saying, well, Arsenal are not doing anything in the market. Mm. But they obviously are. It just shut everyone up. I love that sort of thing. And I love these kind of signings. And then I think they're so much more exciting than these long sagas of Tielemans and Jesus and all that. I just find these ones more exciting in those ways because it's 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 like opening a present on Christmas <laughs> Christmas Day that you weren't expecting. And and realising it's the best thing since sliced cheese. Um, and I use cheese because I find that much more interesting than bread. But um, a couple of questions I've got here from Melvin as well. Um, is a defensive midfield destroyer ever going to wear an Arsenal shirt this century? <laughs> uh, I think, you know, Partey's the closest we've got so far, isn't he? Um, yeah, he's an actual player since we have obviously left us. That yeah, York. but time will tell. Time will tell, party. But yeah, other than that, let's, let's be honest. Not exactly been uh, blessed with the enforcers in midfield, have we? I, I don't think there's many teams that, that have got those types of players anymore. Um, really, if you think about it, it's quite hard to 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 think of one off the top of your head straight away. You have to really put your thinking cap on. To think of any um, yeah. around, I mean, you, you wouldn't call players like Basuma a midfield destroyer under any circumstances, really. Uh, Rodri isn't that; he's a good defense, very good defensive midfielder, but he's not like a what you call a destroyer. Indeed, definitely not. No. Very lightweight. I mean, when you think of those types of players, then someone young and up and coming that I think a lot of, like Sambi, could. Mm. Quite easily become as good as those types of players, like a Pesuma, like a an Indeedy. That type, of, I think he could. He's got more than enough talent to do that eventually. Um, but there's not many teams with a 
with a Patrick Vieira type around? Can you think of one? I'm, I'm really struggling. Um, I think now. I think there aren't any, are there? Completely different. Okay, again, your your toys are completely different. Talking about the box of box, wasn't it? So quite the same. So no, Liverpool haven't good. got one. I mean, they've got that Fabinho, but he's very way, very waif-like, and he's he's not like a midfield destroyer. He just mops things up, tidies things up around the back. Brilliant player, but he's not like a midfield destroyer. No. Um, yeah, very hard to think of one. I mean, you've got Calvin Phillips again. He's a good silky player on the ball, mm. nips in, nicks the ball, but not like a. a Again, I don't like the question, like a mutual story. He, he can't be described as that. No. So, yeah, I, I can't think of many in, at all. So, it, it, the game sort of moved on, hasn't it? Yeah, even Fernandinho, he, he sort of branded that, but even, and again, he wasn't like, because of his height and all his size, he wasn't, again, I mean, feel destroyed. He was just there to sort of be, do, do the uh, hard graft, basically, in terms of. Just marshal the defence and basically keep oh, yeah. the he's, Again, he's another one that reads the game brilliantly. Great player. Reads the game brilliantly and just he's always there to nick the ball off you. Off you. He's not like mm. a, he's not one of these tough harboring, which a midfield destroyer that brings to mind that type of hard man type of player that more mess with, like a Keane or a Vieira. But the game seems to have evolved away from that type of player to these sort of clever, technically gifted, who can read the game type of players I could be mentioning, who, who can nip in there and snuff out the players. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't see the game moving that way over the last few years and I can't see it changing anytime soon. But things but but football goes in cycles and you've seen uh, Manchester City, although they've wanted a striker for the last couple of seasons they wanted Kane last season. They were interested in Ronaldo last season, but didn't get them. Man, uh, Liverpool have never had a what you call a target man. Uh, I mean, maybe for Firmino was the closest they got, but he was much more of a deep line player, like a false nine type of player. But they they have both gone out and bought big tools centre forwards now. Hmm. Um, so. Is the game going to slightly? Are they going to change their game plan a little, a little bit this coming season to, to to play them better, you know, to work to their strengths? So games, the game does evolve. Maybe it's going to evolve back to that type of midfield destroyer partnership, like a Petit and Vieira eventually. But at the moment, it's not really that way. It's not working that way. So uh, yeah, be interested to see whether it comes back into fashion at some point, like it always will. You know, things always do. Hmm. Got another question from Steve as well. Was doesn't last year's recruitment and then this year's plans clearly show how far off our squad was before obviously last summer, like the window opened last summer? Oh, Christ, yeah. I mean, the, the, the spring cleaning that has had to be done behind the scenes by Mikel Arteta and the, and the new sort of setup we've got. Is uh, I think that was vastly underrated and mm. <laughs> understated, and uh, they, yeah, the amount of work that's had to be done, and that's why I, you know, take my hat off to people. We've had a lot, so much criticism about ripping people's contracts up and letting them go for free and all that sort of stuff. But it was needed, and we've had so much crap that's been 
taking a massive wage out of our club with not getting anything back from these players. And that, yeah, it, it, does, it did show the state of the, the squad and the disharmony in the squad. And that's why it's so much more encouraging. I know that it was massively disappointing at the end of last season, the way we just, just sort of missed out by a couple of points. But I think it was uh, a testament really to how well he did whilst doing all of the other background stuff at the same time, considering how much experience he's got in the job. He, he's had to do so much mucking out behind the scenes that we don't get to see. Um whilst at the same time trying to build a, a team and a new style of football and a new harmony amongst the squad like and the entire club and bringing the club closer to the fan base. So that side of things, this is what I, I said a few weeks ago, like the, the biggest success so far of this project has been the way that uh, he has brought sort of the harmony to the to the squad and, and brought the club closer to the fans. The off-field stuff, I think, has been much more of a success than what he's done on the field, in my opinion. Yeah. So the way he, he's changed the squad, so it's unrecognisable from the squad that Unai Emery inherited. There's hardly mm. any players left now, very few. Um. So, yeah, and the, the way that the whole average age of the, the side has come right down and... He's finally bringing in players that are obvious qualities that he's been looking for in the way that he wants to play in this new sort of 4-3-3 system that he's been gravitating towards uh, over the last season. And it's really promising. So, yeah, they, it completely did, in, the, <laughs> in my opinion, show how terrible the squad was that he inherited. Yeah, oh, I pretty much covered it. What I was going to agree with, basically, um, I would add to that as well. It's just, it's again, we've myself, you, others on this channel, and other podcasts and channels, and etc. as well, all over the years have come out and slated the Cronkies, even when they're part of the majority owners and all that. But we've slated them rightly so, especially not the most recent with the older Super League malarkey drama crap that didn't need to happen, but. It does seem that they're finally getting ahead at their backsides and actually putting their money where their mouth is and actually showing some form of giving, giving a damn, basically. They're not just here to sort of mark us all off, even though the mm. other season is a bit annoying, but it is what it is on that side of things. But they are, as you say, they're looking into refurbing the state, like the, the, the actual stadium as well, in terms of being that make that more presentable basically because it obviously has faded it does look a bit worn down over the last few years even though there's a slight delay now it's going to be finished in october apparently for fuck's sake um they're doing things like that they're backing the manager that's the most important thing they actually are and that's a major that's a major criticism they had from our perspective under my emery was in the two summers he arrived he was here sorry it was never the place he wanted when we first came mm-hmm. in, in Zonzi, we got Terea. He didn't want Socrates. Socrates was already here when he when he officially came onto the books. Um, he wanted Thomas Partey. <laughs> he wanted Thomas Partey, and we got something. I can't remember who we got that in that time. It might be I can't remember who it was now, but didn't get Thomas Partey. Didn't, I mean, we got a year later. Um, what is Zaha? We got Pepe. Whereas it seems this time they've learned from that. 
they've took on the criticism of that and they are actually we've you know it's as they are as a rookie and um, edu they do seem to be trying to build a not just backing in terms of what he plays he wants but they want they want to sort of build a modern day version of what we had of david dean and um arsene wenger i know it's different contrast because obviously both david dean was experienced in his role and wenger was an experienced manager but it does seem like they're trying to get that duership working together to build a proper team and I think, as you say about the about the positive, the vibes are in the fan base. It might be the majority of the fan base anyway. There's a few there's a few idiots still out there, but that is what it is. Um, but the positive, bringing the fans back, in making the fans feel as one with the club as more than ever in the last decade, basic plus, has been huge. And I mean, yesterday, everything that went off yesterday with the numbered situation. The camaraderie that squad that squad at the moment spoke volumes yesterday because players were coming out in defence and going going to deliberately going for the top the toxic idiots out there that was giving Eddie a hard time, mm. giving him a hard time. Even Ian White, I know, I know Ian White has a soft spot for Eddie, he always has done, but even he had to come up yesterday. And even that, even and then again, letting good on him. And yeah, good on him. And also that, and that's another thing. Bringing some of these ex-players, that, not just Ian Wright, but the likes of your Dennis, was it Dennis Burkett and Henri were here a few months ago. Obviously, Burkett was visiting because his daughter mm-hmm. given birth, but he is is invited and considering a year ago he hit them to a part of a consortium to take over the club and all that. They're sort of again they're listening, they're taking on the criticism and saying, you know what, you are right. We but we want to bring you guys back in. Well, we won't. Even if it's a, the odd visit here or there, or if they had seen when the odd visit into the training ground to work with the goalkeepers on a, on a day, once a month or one for whatever, whenever you're free, it's things like that that are bringing the fans back in and going, you know what, you do, you do, you're starting to realise what the club's about. Who are actual true legends of the club? Who are the players that actually play for the club? But do still care about the club, even after years of not playing for the club, etc. And it's again for most of us, we're we're on board with this situation because of what's been going on. And it's, I said, the key thing is it. You know, my my big my big question was for this summer, as you know, but most of your viewers are know, listeners will know when they listen to this back. My big question was for this summer was, are they going to prove me wrong? Or prove me right, because my thing was last year was only a one-off thing, just to shut us all up. Because of the, it was in the aftermath, the immediate aftermath of the Super League. It's mm. quite cynical of me to think that, but at the same time, you could you could understand why I'm thinking it. Because all of a sudden, they would never spent that sort of money or backed a manager like that before. They never backed a Wenger like that, except basically. And I was like, oh, the only diff, the only thing that's changed in the, since in all this time is you try to put us in the in the dark light, basically, as a club. Mm. Maybe trying to shut us up because obviously there's still the Danuet thing. So <clears throat> the cynical side of me was thinking that was just a one-off, but to see what's happened in the last few days and see how on it we are, we're not holding up. With, it seems that like we're not holding on to holding out to the like, deadline day. We want to get our business done ASAP. We know the situation of what it is with the World Cup and all that. We want to get our business our players in. Get them in as quick as possible before pre-season, so they've got enough time to adapt to the team. 
because again, that's that, again for me. I keep getting on now. That's another criticism of my from my side of things that we've never we've never got a we never got a main players in into it till the near the the, the knock into the last knock into the window, and then we're not ready for the season, which contributes to a bad start, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it seems to take things like that on as well. Mm. So again, it's all positive at the moment, and then as you say, if they keep if they keep going down this route or continuously give get him he what he wants, and there's no and we, and we continue to see the camaraderie within the squad going into next season and put them again with our and players a step forward to, from last season. They've learned from last the ones that are here, obviously, are still going into next season. They've learned from their mistakes and kick on, and we see improvement there. It, what what can people complain about? Yeah, we're not going for a title yet, but we're never. You're never going to go, even spending 150 million in one window. You're never going. No one's got a divine right. Initial Man City or Liverpool to spend that sort of money and go right. We should be winning a title because we're not ready. Our squad was never ready for that. And there's this, the question, basically referring back to, was does it show how bad this squad was before that last this time this time last year for the window open? And yeah, it was. It does actually show that because. We've pointed out at the start of the season last season was what we made six signers last year, five of them were started straight from the off. Yeah. And four of them were the back line. Well, well quite regularly, all six were playing at one point. Yeah. At one point when Tinio was out injured, yeah, and Tavares came in. Yeah. Two him. That side did do really did did do a really good job at the start, and then something just happened and he didn't never sort of came back from it until the last knock into we sort of saw glimpses saw glimpses in certain games but even then but my point is literally because <laughs> we were criticising me before about switching players this and the other he literally brought a whole back line in pretty much bar Gabriel and obviously when Tini was out injured bar Tini so literally a whole new back line and they, straight away you, you wouldn't even notice they just joined or just got, came together as a partnership etc Exactly. Unless you obviously have social media and all that. You're, you're, if it weren't social media, you wouldn't know that, basically. That's what I'm trying to say. We used to switch off for the summer and didn't realise it was, you wouldn't realise if they just arrived. And that was the another positive that these players, players we got, even the ones that were coming from abroad, lots of Tommy Asu and Tavares, and, and obviously the other guy, even the other guy had six months prior, but even then. It's good to see how they quickly, quickly they adapted to the, the culture and the, the league and the physicality and the pace of it all, mm. and they just got on with the job. And I mean, Tommy Asu's breath—that was a massive pressure. That was a massive coup, and breath of, breath of fresh air because of what became Tommy Asu in that that season, because of what exactly. we had prior. The dross we had, the dross we had prior to that situation was, well, Tommy Asu proved absolutely appalling because he came in. And showed us that it's just the standard of what sort of right back mm. is for someone who's not a right back, by the way. Fantastic right back, yeah, so, exactly. But I'm going on now, so people are probably getting bored of me going on. But yeah, like Andrew says in the chat, do give us some non football related questions as well, guys. Um, do I think there? Here we go. Do, 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 do go for the chat. Riddy says, What other sports do you follow apart from football? Um, for me, I don't, there's not many. I mean, I love watching, I mean, I know it's not very regular, but the Olympics, I watch pretty much all of that when it, whenever it comes around. And other sort of big uh, sort of athletic events, um, I love that. I think it's quite exciting. I used to be a massive snooker fan. I still love snooker, but I don't watch it as much as I used to. I'm, don't, I'm not really up to date with all the 
the modern day players. Um, but I'm not a massive watcher of any other sports, really. Um, what about you? I know of, you watch rugby, don't you? Yeah, I watch, I watch some rugby. I'm a regular rugby fan of my team. I team I supported an Irish team in, in Ireland called uh, Munster. Big European powerhouse. They've been for years. Um, obviously, I watch, I watch obviously, all their games if I can. Uh, Six Nations, the World Cups, when they come around, things like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I watch the older, I watch, do watch the older, um, sort of Six Nations game, yeah. but uh, I, I'm not a mass, I, you know, I, I do really enjoy it, but I've never really massively got into rugby, which is strange, really, because I do enjoy it when I watch it. And okay, with the rugby, because I do, I do every, every now and then we talk about VAR and all that. Well, I, or, as you know, and the guys I know, I always refer back to rugby union, obviously, rugby, but I don't watch I watch rugby union. And how their video video referencing system has been implemented from day one, and how that should, we should be taking the template of that into this and having literally just again we've discussed it before, training training people to a certain standard, get rid of this dross we've got at the moment, all oh, well, complete clear out, and build from the roots up, like we like we spoke before about uh, refereeing and all that, give them investment right investment in the, in the entirety all the way through to the to top so they feel like they, there's something to look to sort of expire aspire to basically and mm. basically hire the best of the best basically but in terms of the actual system i've always said look this is where we need this is the template they've never nine times out of ten it's always spot on once the bloom is a mistake like everyone's human because it's, it's still a human referee uh, helping out the ref and it's always like we've seen in this season, like we've seen this season, it does seem with VAR in Premier League, especially that it's the person in the that's watching back in God knows where behind the screen making the final final the final decision instead of mm. the referee. Whereas in rugby, it's always well, this the referee always says, "Oh, this is what I've seen. Is there any reason why I shouldn't give it?" Or this is ever. It's always left with the referee on the field. He makes that Have final it... choice. Have you managed to turn this question into a discussion about no, VAR? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say. Another reason why I watch the rugby because oh, no, yeah. clear cut and the rules are clear cut and blue, but there's no if, buts, and maybes. Yeah. No. In terms of other stuff, like what, what you're saying about the Olympics, yeah, I watched the Olympics when it's, when it's around or the um, Commonwealth. Every yeah. Year comes on. Riddy's obviously m- mentioned um, cricket, tennis, and a bit of darts. And funnily enough, Riddy, I, I mean, I watch. Wimbledon every year. That's, I do really, really enjoy that. I get to watch as much of that as I can. And then, yeah, you mentioned the darts. I do like to watch the darts as well, funnily enough. Um, so yeah, I forgot about those. So yeah, I do enjoy those as well. But cricket, I do... Not a fan from the I dip in and out, but I'm not a massive fan of it. I, you know, when there's a big game on, I'll, I'll watch... I don't want to sit and watch it all the time, but I do watch the highlights of cricket matches and, and stuff occasionally. I used to play cricket when I was younger um, in my school. But, uh, yeah, never really got the bug, to be honest with you. But I do I do like watching um, tennis, especially Wimbledon. And like yeah, Wimbledon and Queens, Queens this week, isn't it? So what a lot. Yeah. yeah. I've got into the sort of system over the last 10 or so years of watching Queens, like the build-up tournament towards mm. Wimbledon and then the watching Wimbledon, obviously, and but yeah, apart from that, I don't really watch tennis as a whole because that's again, it's a yeah. it's obviously a UK thing. Don't, okay, I watch it, but apart from that, again, uh, um, 
be it's gone as popular saying Can the Canadian GP about the start. So that's the uh, Grand Prix, obviously, bloody yeah. Hamilton and all that. I'm, again, some people like it. I'm, again, I'm off. That doesn't. No, do never really done it for me. Sitting, yeah. imagine, like, sitting at home and watching a bunch of people, bunch of people getting a, a customized car to their standard, their suiting, basically going around in circles 70 odd times over a few hours. Like, yeah, don't, uh, don't do it for me either. No. And unless you have a big crash and unless it's like generalizing a bit, but I mean, I'd say, I don't know, maybe eight, it seems to me anyway, and I don't know the facts and figures, but it seems to me about 80, not, 80 to 90% of races are won by the driver that gets around the first corner first. Yeah. <laughs> and some barring any major ac- yeah exactly barring a major accident or anything or any mechanical failure they'll go on to win the, ga- the, the Grand Prix so because it's been dominated by so many riders over the years it's just been too easy to, to predict yeah it's strange but no it's no, another one that I've never really got into if I'm honest oh, uh, right for there's one more um, I saw from um, Melvin, yeah. and that was, um, I can't find it, but he said basically, with Eddie now signing a new contract and getting the number 14, does that mean he's going to be captain next week, next season? <laughs> <laughs> I know he's like saying it tongue in cheek, yeah. but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a way for me to... Just get, just say Stick one thing. Yeah. I'll keep it as very, very short and brief as possible. But just the fact that people are going on and on about this, and, and the fact that our own so-called fans are going online to bash Eddie about getting a certain shirt number and slag him off. Just as, and I put I put it in a tweet, and if you've seen it, I said the biggest day in Eddie's life. He'd been an Arsenal boy through and through since he's what fourteen or something like that. Been in the family since he's fourteen. Biggest yeah. day, I say, biggest day of his life, and getting his new contract. And people choose that point just to go online and start giving him a load of abuse because he's been given a, a certain shirt number, and it just drives me mad. And I'm, it's a bloody number. It's a shirt number that's vacant. <laughs> I mean, just because one of our greatest players of all time wore that shirt doesn't mean. That no one else can wear that shirt. I, I put on, on Twitter a whole list of people of, that have worn number 14 before. Yeah. And just because it's after Thierry Henry, then it went, and then obviously a Bamming, a Walcott had it, and a Bamming had it. It, it. it doesn't mean that no one else can have it. I mean, all this stuff about retiring shirt numbers is just utter rubbish to me. I mean, Wenger yeah, gave yeah. number 10 to Gallas for crying out Straight loud. That, and that, again, back, that, back then, that annoyed me. Because it was literally, Berkham had, had it in the, hadn't even left a share of them, of his testimonial, and Gallas got given number 10 shirt. Exactly. Just give the guy a break. You know, what's to say that he's not going to just suddenly ignite and get even better next season and go on and be a really good player for us? Just give the guy a chance. I mean, I was, Everyone ever watches anything I've done, they, they all know that I've always liked Eddie. And and at one stage, I didn't think he was going to be um, staying with us. I thought he was going to have a good career somewhere else. You know, I've said that a hundred times, haven't I? Yeah. I, I'm really, really glad for the guy that he's been given this opportunity. And if it doesn't work out after a season or two, we've got a five-year contract so we can sell him for some good money. These players, uh, sorry, 
these so-called fans that are going online and bashing him for getting the number 14 would be the same fans that would have been ranting at the club for letting a good young top English talent go for nothing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's got a five-year contract now, so it doesn't mean that he's going to stay five years and we're stuck with him, blah, blah, blah. A, he could become a really big success. Mm. And B, if he doesn't, we're going to get some good money for him. So we cannot lose by doing what we've done. But just get off the kid's back, let him play his football, and see yes. whether he will go and go on and, and surprise even more fans. Because I'm, I'm pretty certain he's going to score goals for us at any given opportunity, given the chance. And when we've got five subs next season, he's going to get a lot of minutes and got, going to get a lot of chances. So just... I mean, I don't even call them fans. They're just online trolls. They cannot, they cannot be Arsenal fans if you go ahead and do stuff like that and abuse your own players on their their moment of glory. It yeah, just exactly. drives me mental. And yeah. I will. And someone said in the chat, um, yeah, Rudy said you're instantly blocked. I will do exactly the same yeah. on on Twitter. I do not want these people in my life. <laughs> seeing the seeing those the, those sorts of tweets on a daily basis, they can just go and do one. As far as I'm concerned. No, anyway, I've just said. Not, just, it wasn't. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, before I move on on that, even in terms of tweeting out myself, someone someone I follow again, she was this person wasn't being negative. She was actually trying to be positive. That she was having a go at the people who were being negative. So she, uh, they, she said, honestly, I'm not 100 percent sure on Eddie, but I'm not going to be one of those negative. See you next Tuesdays. Put me between the lines. I want him to do well. And I'll just put in a response to that as a backup to that is I think Arsenal are just being smart for once. Instead of mm. letting him go for free, like we were just discussing, it'll be the same people fucking complaining about him going for free. We've tied him into a long term deal. If it doesn't work out in, 12, in the next 12 months, for example, he has an absolute stinker this this shocker of a season, yeah? He's got yeah. four years left in his contract. We can we can demand a high fee for him. So for once, the Arsenal are actually doing right by not just the player, but themselves as well. Exactly. It's... Um, anyway, we don't need to go down that road yeah, anymore. So we've said our piece, and that, that's that. I'm just good luck to him. Congratulations to your new contract, yeah. Eddie, because I know you'll be watching and go and prove everyone wrong. Uh, Green is saying we still have one striker that's only that's only strictly third choice. Again, well, again, no matter what we think of where it should be, the first, second, or third, whatever. Got Zez, uh, Gabriel Zezus any time now can be announced at any time between now and the end of the next week, apparently. What we're, what we're hearing, um, he's just got to do his medical or whatever. I don't know, I'm trying to think now. And then we've also got this, this fabulous, this uh, Fabio Vieira that's a versatile player. It's played obviously his main role is done is like the the uh, creative midfield role, attacking midfield, whatever you want to call it. He's played out in the wing, down the right. Apparently, he's played a few times down, down the middle as well. And yeah, played the false anyone, nine. Yeah, and if anyone, and if anyone remembers, obviously old enough to remember, with Wenger, like Freddie Lundberg came into us as a striker, got converted into a right wing. Henri Winger converted into a striker. For example, Lohman was a central, was a, mid, a central midfielder, got converted into a right back. So mm. possibly, maybe Arteta's having the same mindset, or is his say false nine part of his part of his own front three that can sort of. Just in game switch between the three. Systems, yeah. basically. We may so, be even bring yeah. in another striker anyway, um, yeah. as well as Gabriel Jesus. But I, I, you know, if if 
Eddie is our number two striker next season. I'll be I'll be backing him. I think he will yeah. score a lot of goals. And do you know what? I really, really think he is a good player for Mikel Arteta's system mm. as well, the way he plays. Well, so I think, I think something we brought up in the during the season, obviously at Chelsea game, was that got that first goal. He well, both goals, obviously, but mainly the first goal because he had to use a bit of pace to get to the ball and chase it, chase it, and, pull, and make that situation happen. If that had been Lacazette last season in that in that game in that same position, obviously he hasn't got the pace. Whereas obviously Eddie does, and he used it, and he can use it. He can't. He just obviously with being twenty two, he's still a bit raw. As any 22 year old in any position would be, he's still gonna he's still hitting his prime, and that's gonna be another reason why we've signed him. We put him down to a five year contract instead of a four or three, because there's a possibility that he could kick on possibly. Not as I say. Because still demand a, a big and decent fee for him a year mm. or two down the line, whatever. But it's all in our hands, and people need to sort of calm down. And this is about the number before we this is hey, moving on. It's just it's, like, it's a fucking number. Fucking Martin Young wore 14. Don't see anyone complaining about that. No, Eddie McGoldrick had number 14. Jimmy Carter had number 14. I think, I think back, back before David O'Leary had number 14. Yeah, David O'Leary. I mean, even back in the day when, um, when squad numbers weren't assigned to a player for the whole season, it's literally, if you're starting 11, it's 1 to 11. I think, was it Kevin Campbell had a number 14 mm. at one point as a sub? Yeah, so, he did. Alan Smith did. David Hillier had number 14. Yes, it's just, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Just get over it, people. Yeah. We've got another qu- we've got a question here from Colonel says, Hi, guys. What do you think of golfers joining Design? Or we pronounce them. Yeah, Design. Do you think it could be it could happen to cricket or rugby? Yeah, 100%. Play, I mean, it's all sports people have got short careers, haven't they? And they will want to make the most of their those that short career, make as much money as possible. And they will go where the money is. Simple yeah. as that. Um, I don't know what else there is to say about that, to be honest with you, but I think it's, it's a natural thing that's going to happen. And I think yeah. football will go down that route as well. They will leave Sky and they will go to a one of these streaming services, whether it's Amazon, whether it's the zone or any, any of the other ones, um, it, it will all go down that route and it will all be pay-per-view. Um, I've always been a, an advocate for that, to be perfectly honest. I would love to be able to buy an Arsenal season ticket online to watch the matches on, you know, on a certain, you know, home and away, which would include, uh, I'd, I'd love it to include like the under twenty three games and things like yeah. that as well, all friendlies, to be so you can watch every single match. And um, I'm not interested in watching too much of the other teams. I watch, I do, I, you know, I do when there's this stuff on. But I'm more interested in in being able to watch every single Arsenal game. And sometimes yeah. you can't if it's not, and you have to go to one of these illegal streaming sites because they're not all mm. televised. So scrap that, buy and be able to buy a season ticket for your own club on one yeah. of these on a zone or an Amazon, and I'd be really happy with that, to be honest with you. And I think all the clubs would make more money by doing that, including all the lower league clubs, because yeah, even challenge. like the lower league clubs have got fans from all over the world. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because um, obviously, someone again, it's been mentioned before by someone John, but he's he's it's been brought up again this week 
but he sort of said that uh, Netflix, he didn't say Netflix specifically to take to do it, but say a, a service like Netflix that says £9.99, £9.99 a month, people will flock in. Hmm. They would. I mean, even if, it, as I say, if it goes down the route where the Premier League, that Sky and, beat, that Sky and Premier League sort of dig their heels in, it won't allow the another broadcaster to come along and join the join the party or do offer that service. The Premier League clubs are getting to a point now where they can financially just go, okay, we'll we'll go sort things out with the government in terms of changing that rule, that three, that three o'clock rule thing, and we individually as a club as clubs will show our home and away games for men for the women the men the women the under 23s every single one and we'll charge our fans a month maybe a monthly fee or a yearly fee depending on what the setup is i say it's a monthly fee of say 10 pound a month or 15 pound a month 10 pound for just the men 15 for the entire package of men women and under 23s so you get to see your youth academy thriving as well People, again, our, I know our fans will do that. They're given the option, they'll choose obviously one of the two, obviously, and they'll, 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 the money they'll make from that. It would, it would dwarf what Sky pay, honestly, yeah. for each for each club. And I think each club would. I mean, the the argument against it is that the lower, the, the less supported clubs will make less money, perhaps, than they do now. Um, but. It's just life, isn't it? <laughs> Unfortunately, mm. it really is. It's just the way things. Are. It could mean that you know the, the bigger clubs will just keep moving further and further away. But there's some. I mean, there, there will be some way around it. I mean, the way I described it before, and I won't go on too long because I know we're a bit short on time now. But, um, mm. but it, you could choose, right? You could choose to buy a season ticket for your own club. Yeah. Or if you're a Premier, if it's a Premier League team, for example, or you could choose to buy um season ticket to watch um all the, the Premier League. So you pay yeah. more money for that. Uh, same with League One, same with championships, they would League Two and everything like that. Um and there will be a way where you can sort of help spread the, the wealth again to other clubs uh within that league. But um, I, I honestly think it will go down that route at some point. I really do. And I think it just makes sense, to be honest with you. Because hmm. just going back to the initial question about the golfers, I mean, because obviously the, that's been a, it's been a massive talking point of goal and Sky Sports now, because obviously it's the, the money, because it's a Saudi-backed situation. So obviously for the Newcastle situation as well, being broader, put out there more broader. And obviously, I think it was Mickelson or... Well, I think you know, the world number one, or initially world number one, would have lost their membership. Um, was was getting paid just to just to turn it up, one hundred and twenty five million pounds just to turn it up. And then mm. when they're doing the, the interviews just before the tournament, that tournament started that week, filmmakers filmmakers said was after thirty odd years of being in the game and all that, it's nice to sort of just have that freedom to have a bit of time. I was doing my, my sport. I have that sort of financial flex where I can go and not worry about the next paycheck because it's more, I can have more time with my fa- our families and all that. And we've mm. seen this week, obviously, we talk about in the football because of the, the England men's team. We saw over the four games, the players are absolutely shattered. And that was amazing. Again, we've spoken about it the other week. We're speaking about it now. Is This is, a, <laughs> this is literally... 
we found out it was like four games in 10 days. We were like, what the fuck? And then they've got literally like two weeks off, pre-season then starts, and then they've got to go ham at it from literally 1st of July all the way through to the around literally June next year, early June next year. Because mm. it's literally start the league and all six, your European club as well, you're playing for European clubs, so it'd be Champions League, Europa League or Conference, you're, all your group games getting flung in as well, week after like one week, one, like, let's say one, two, three, four, five, six, all literally one week after the other, plus the League Cup games. And then you literally get a week off, like, okay, we've got, we've got to um, breathe, but you've got to literally go meet every country, with your respective countries at the World Cup, fly over to the other side of the fucking world, depending on how far you get then, fly back before, just before Christmas, on Boxing Day, you're back at it again, and then go all the way again, all the way through till the end of May. And then depending mm. on how far you go, if you go to a cup final, FA Cup, or Champions League final, or your Europa League, or your Conference League, you're deep into the mid, around mid-June. That is... Exactly. There's no... There's no full process. I mean, there's no need, I'll be honest, for me, there's no need for the internationals to be played at any level, men on the 23s, or women's just a warm-up because they've got the European Championship. But the men and the, the men and the under 23 international teams didn't have to do anything yet. They could have had this time off to recharge, spend some time with their fam- friends and family for a couple of weeks and come back fully refreshed and really ready to go. They've now got two exactly. weeks, two weeks to prepare for pre season, really to be back in pre season. I know. Well, uh, for me, selfishly, I'm very, very happy about that because it just means that football's going to start again soon, whether that's friendlies or whatever. But no, I know I'm being being serious. It's just a joke, an absolute joke, those four games. Yeah, we, we all know that. So, yeah, let's get some, a few more questions in. We've got about, well, well, a few more about five, five or six minutes left. Get your yeah. last questions in um, and move down there. But I'll just ask you a quick one. And... Um, it's a really hot day, and <laughs> you get to you get to a pub. What's your first drink that you would go for? What's your first tipple of choice on a nice hot day? And go straight to the pub. What's the first drink you'd order at the bar? If it's a day like we had, on, if it's a day like we had on Friday here in the UK when it's like thirty-two plus, it's it's something like a Magnus, Magnus of a yeah. bit of wine, just because of Same. it. It's not heavy. It's light. It's crisp, and it's. It just it was with the eye. It hits the spot. It helps keep you hydrated, and it's like oh, again, it's absolutely the same. We are cider all day, every day for yeah. me as well. Cider with pint cider with ice mm. just hits the spot for me as well. So yeah, exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, Colonel was asking as well when the twenty when the next this World Cup comes to an end, will the Super League return? Because PSG then technically have no loyalty to FIFA. Did that have We just talked about the only silly up apparently. PSG aren't governed by FIFA. They'll be no. governed by UEFA and um, obviously the um, Liga. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really quite it's get the question. Like it's, it's just a different format. But the I think the new Champions League format. Yeah, is, Chris says it as well. Yeah, it's basically the same format that we were. Oh yeah, well there you go then. Yeah, me and Chris <laughs> on the same wavelength. I, I, the new Champions League format is the way to appease these all the biggest clubs because. Yeah. It eventually, in two or three years' time, the Premier League—they say five, but I think it could potentially be six. Premier League teams will get into the Champions League each season, which is mm. great news for Arsenal 
because <laughs> when with like Newcastle on the horizon coming up, that's going to be another one of the top four places gone eventually. It's inevitable. Yeah. Um, so I think that they have taken all that sort of stuff into account. That's why I think we are going to be getting five or six places in the Champions League in the next two. Uh, well, when does it start? Two seasons' time. Is it? Yeah, not, Is this new Champions uh, 20, League format? Is it 24, 25? Yeah. Either the 23, 24 or 24, 25 season. I need to double check that we go offline. Or someone in the chat can let us know. But yeah, guys, do get your questions in. We've got a few minutes left. Doesn't have to be football related or Arsenal related. It could be absolutely anything. Um, Chris is saying Sky pay eight billion for Prem rights. They worked out if Prem was the, had their own Netflix style subscription setup, it would be worth around thirty two billion. Uh, oh yeah, had a good video about it. There you go then. Yeah, again, me and Chris Nick's on the same sort of yeah. wavelength. I know it'd be dwarfed. Honestly, it would. They'd get even more money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, going down that road, yeah, it would work. But it's true. I mean, the players, none of their athletes, but they're getting run into the ground. They're getting no time with it. They've got Here's me little dog, look. Two weeks of their friends and family. Hello. Oh, hello. And remember the family, Pacayo. Hello. It's Kayo. Yeah, and, there he is. Uh, on, but stick the Arsenal mystery. We got the Arsenal mystery. It says on Dazan, I'll get every league game, every Champions League game, every Europa League game, plus every MLS game, every uh, uh, National Football League, NFL games. Oh, God, that's they good, also, isn't it? They also dabbled in rugby and cricket, all for twenty CMD dollars, Canadian dollars a month. And then look what we have to—we have to pay literally broken down into installments, fifteen pound for one sport for God's sake on Sky or Virgin. Or well, that. yeah, but then you've also got to have to have a BT Sports subscription as well yeah, on Champions top of League. that, yeah, and and Amazon for some of the games as well. Yeah. So you're talking up close to you're getting towards hundred quid a month when you think about it. If you wanted to get I out, say, I will say this: I prefer Amazon's coverage to BT's coverage of Premier League. I'll, I'll, yeah, I like do as well. But still, but it's six with Amazon. It's like six pound ninety nine a month for Amazon Prime, and you're literally getting not just obviously the the games, but you're getting a vast, vast range. Plus, including our documentary in August, so that'd be fun. Well, that's why I think yeah, Amazon would be a good shout, really. To be honest, mm. to be honest with you. Yeah, Colonel, I have no idea what's happening with Diane uh, in terms of what you're on about in Diane Abbott. So, and also it's politics. It's stale to politics for tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just have a look at my tweet about Diane Abbott. If you search for it, oh, she's got a looky likey. Oh, I see now. It's the, it, you know, it's the one that <laughs> I put a picture of her and a picture of the you know the Incredibles film, the that little woman that makes all the incredible oh, suits. Yeah, yeah. What's the name? She, the name now. She looks like Diane Abbott. Just go and search it out. It's well, well funny. <laughs> oh dear. I think we've done, I think we've done things up with a few seconds to spare. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, as I was going to say, the audio for this will be up in half an hour's time over on all audio platforms. If you want to find me on Instagram now, my previous account has been hacked. It's now being looked into by um, Instagram to get that back. But in the meantime, you can now find me on a new page and I'll give you the actual app. It is quite simple. Mr. Arsenal Podcast, no capital letters. Just find me there. The channel logos there and all that. But yeah, in the meantime, that's going to be for anyone who wants to follow me and contact me. That's where you can find me on that. 
until further notice. And Twitter, obviously, uh, my app's on the screen there, Mr. Arsenal 99. Andrew, you're hosting next week as well. Looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, back on my channel next week. Um, back for Tuesday night. Hopefully you're free for that, Ryan. Um, Tuesday night, 7.30 for the regular show. Um, yeah, plenty to talk about. But yeah, enjoyed it again tonight. Thanks to everyone in the chat. It's been great. Uh, come and join us next week on my channel. Look forward to it. Yeah, and as I say, in terms of here, we're going to do a show probably on Wednesday. I don't know what it's going to be about. Just give me a couple, give me a day or two to sort that out, get guests sorted for that, and probably Wednesday I'll do a show here as well. Um, and then trying to think, yeah, as I say, we're over on Andrew's channel next. This show next Sunday, so episode three will be over on Andrew's channel live on here. So go give him, as I say, subscribe and all that on there. And oh my God, Al. Any sort of tra- big news, transfer news comes out that we need to talk about. Obviously, I'll do a quick video on that if it happens throughout the week. Other than that, we are going to have a nice, relaxing week. Hopefully, touch wood unless any meltdown. And yeah, we'll see you on the other side. As always, enjoy the rest of your evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. And as always, up the Arsenal. Come on, you guys. See you later. <laughs>